Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Here it is, Easter 2021. It's a time to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're told the most beautiful love story to where God exchanged the life of his only son, Jesus, for ours. You know, the Bible tells us what Jesus endured to save us. In Isaiah 53, 4-7, it reads, He was pierced for our rebellion, he was crushed for our sins, he was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed, he was oppressed and treated harshly, but yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and the sheep was silent before the shearers because he did not open his mouth. The crucifixion of Jesus is one of the most horrifying yet beautiful things that ever happened. The crucifixion was not unique in Jesus' time because this was a common Roman practice. Whether you were a criminal or an outlaw or a regular citizen, when you were crucified, you were crucified in the Roman world. Perhaps the most striking method about this death was the fact that the way Jesus died. He died as a common criminal. He committed no crime that was worthy of crucifixion, but yet he was still crucified. He was still crucified for you and I. And what led up to this event, what led up to him being crucified, was the fact that he was preaching the good word. He was preaching the good news about heaven. And he was... He was telling people about God. Now, if we look at what led up to him being put in front of Pontius Pilate, they did the Passover, they did the Last Supper, where Jesus blessed the food, and he said, Eat of the bread as as this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Drink of this wine, which is representation of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. But he also foretold that his time upon this earth had ended. And that one that sat at the table would betray him. And we all know by reading the Bible, it ends up being Judas. Judas sells him out for 30 pieces of silver. And so when Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, he goes to pray. And I believe this is the time, this is where the the time where God is separating himself from Jesus. Now, some of you may say, well, why do you say that? Because the entire time of 30-something years of Jesus' ministry, even before that, is written to where God and Jesus were always together. All right? It was Jesus always had God to communicate with, to have close relationships with but yet here was jesus starting to take the sins of the world upon him and we know from the bible where god can't see sin he can't see that so i believe this is the time where where god's having to turn his face away from the sun because he's enduring all of our sins and all of our transgressions, he's taking all of that dirt upon him because he knows what needs to be fulfilled. 
he knows where he's going to end up at on this earth. That is upon a cross. But he's doing it because of his love for you and I. The Bible can tell us in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, so whoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. It is written in the scriptures. It was foretold by the prophets on what Jesus was coming to this earth to do. So now he is betrayed by Judas. He is taken in the middle of the night from the Garden of Gethsemane. He is taken and he's put in front of the uh, priests. He's put in front of the kings. And eventually he makes his way to Pilate which is the Roman governor, which Pilate was a soldier and a politician who was cruel in the methods, and he was not soft-hearted. But yet he expressed regret for allowing the crucifixion of Jesus to proceed. So once Jesus is stripped, he's beaten, he has been placed a crown of thorns upon his head, and so now Pilate brings, him, brings Jesus out before the crowd because it was a custom to release someone during their holiday. And so he had Jesus on one side of him and they bring Barabbas on the other side, which is a murderer. Now what I find very striking and shocking, but yet interesting is days before this, the crowd that is in front of Jesus right now in Pilate that is screaming, crucify him, were the same ones that was praising Jesus as he entered the city. It's the same ones that was gathering in large crowds to hear Jesus preach the word, who would follow Jesus from town to town. These same people are now screaming, crucify him. And they are also screaming, free Barabbas. So Pilate frees Barabbas. He sends Jesus to the cross. Not knowing that Jesus was fulfilling what needed to be done. Jesus knew the entire time what needed to be done. He knew he had to lay down his life for us. So now they carry him up on a hill that is known as the skull or Calvary or Golgotha. It's a common place of these crucifixions and where people would be executed. Now being put on a cross, you're suffering blood loss and extreme pain, muscle spasms from being nailed to the cross. Victims would usually lose strength and ability to breathe and then they ended up suffocating. So to think about it, you're upon a cross. The weight of your body is pressing down upon your lungs and your diaphragm, which is making it very hard for you to get a full breath of air. So with the blood loss coming because you have these large spikes driven through your hands and your feet, and whatever else they did to you prior to putting you on this cross, you're losing blood. You're losing fluids out of your body, which putting your body into shock. Then on top of that, you're suffocating to death. I can't imagine uh, another death that would be as bad as this. Because you're there for hours and hours. So the moment where Jesus died, it seemed that all was lost and the vision of his kingdom had died with him. But the story was not over yet. When Jesus died, the hope of his followers was on the verge of death because the one that they followed and they believed in died as a common thief. But yet there were many things that occurred 
which the Bible tells us. In Matthew 27, 51 through 54, it reads, At the moment the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs were open. The body of many holy people who had died were raised to life. And they came out of their tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to people. When the centurions and those who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquakes and saw everything that happened, they were terrified and they exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. So when Jesus said it was finished upon the cross and the earthquakes happened, this is when people started believing. But after the crucifixion, a man named Joseph of Atherima asked for the body of Jesus to be placed in his tomb. You know, they prepared the body for, for burial, and they placed a large tomb or a large stone in front of the entrance, and it was guarded by Roman guards. Because Jesus had such a following, there was concern about someone stealing his body in the middle of the night and causing anarchy and chaos. But they never anticipated it being moved from the inside. And I don't want you to miss this, ladies and gentlemen. The Romans, the people, everybody who witnessed Jesus' crucifixion and watched Jesus died, and they put him in that tomb, and they rolled that stone in front of that tomb, and they, they probably wiped off their hands and said, that's it. It's done. They didn't ever anticipate that stone being moved from the inside. The moment that death was defeated is the moment that Jesus rose from the dead, and he walked out of that grave. We don't understand how this happens. We only know that it was the power of God. And the first people to see the empty tomb, to see the resurrection, was a woman who had followed him. Luke 24, 1-3, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, a woman took spices that she prepared and went to the tomb. She found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when she entered, she did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So the tomb was empty. So just to recap, to give you a full picture of what's going on, Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. He was beaten. He was stripped. He was mocked. He was crucified upon a cross. He was put in a tomb. They rolled a stone away. And glory, hallelujah, be the name of our Lord and Savior. That stone rolled away and that tomb is empty today. And our Jesus lives today. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he's making a way for you and I. He is alive today. He's alive because he fulfilled what needed to be done. He made a way for us to have salvation and to be able to live in, in heaven. Romans 10, 9, it says, If you openly declare Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you could be saved. So Easter is not the ending of the story. It's the beginning of the story. It's the beginning. It's the opportunity for you today to have a relationship with Jesus. It's today to have a relationship to know that you are saved, that you will one day enter the gates of heaven. Because Jesus made a way for us to have a relationship with God. Because if you look at it this way, we were separated from God with sin in our lives. 
from sin from the time of Adam and Eve. But Jesus bridged the gap. He made it to where we could have a way to be in heaven and spend eternity with our, with our God. 1 Peter 1.3 says, It's a great mercy he has given us a new birth and living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The death and resurrection of Jesus means that there are hope in a hopeless world. There is hope in a hopeless world. He took our sins upon him and he lives today. That's what we have to be excited for. That's what we have to get pumped up for to know that Easter, we celebrate it because it's the resurrection of our Savior. It's the time that we can celebrate and know that that tomb that's still sitting over there in Israel today is empty. It's to know that Jesus loves us that much. Romans 10:13 it reads for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So my prayer is is very simple. I hope and pray today is the day. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I hope today is the day that you can turn it all over to him and allow him to come into your life and allow him to be the Lord and, and Savior of, of your life. I promise you it is a wonderful, wonderful feeling to know that you have Jesus inside you, to know that, that you are living a new life. We live in very dark times today, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't know what the future is going to hold, but I can tell you today I put all of my faith and trust in my Lord and Savior. And I thank him for everything that he has done, he's doing, and that he will do. So I just wanted to be able to share this message of Easter 2021 with you. To let you know that in your darkest time, there is light. The light is Jesus. And that today, you can be in the light. So as we get ready to close, I pray that you have a, a glorious, happy Easter. And I hope and pray that you and your loved ones find joy on Easter 2021. And you always remember this. God loves you. He loved you so much he sent his only son to the cross for you. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And you always start your day with Jesus and a cup of joe. God bless.